0: Good morning on this beautiful, pristine, crisp Thanksgiving Day. giving ourselves permission to pause, just receive the awesome beauty of this mysterious cosmos which we find ourselves a part of, magic crystals, frost. I did not expect to encounter California frost. Notice how the mind just can naturally take that perception and associate it with a concept, frost. Sounds like a thing, was speaking last night about how when this flow of perception which is interpreted by concept concepts is tinged with not noticing very clearly when it's tinged with uh, delusion greed and aversion it generates endless separa- separation complication which proliferates and tangles us up in what is a, a seamless cascading stream of perception dissolving back into an unmoving ground of being we we get mesmerized By these thoughts of, of turning that stream of data into me and you and here and there and, and this, and we get contracted into identifying with some worry, some mood, some aspiration, generating this separative consciousness, frost. I see the frost, excited about the frost, but just noticing if we reflect this so-called thing as it's touched by the warmed atmosphere as this glorious sun rises, Frost disappears. It's not actually a thing it's intimately interwoven with everything just as we sitting here can get contracted around me and my problems and how I'm going to get there and I, this is so disappointing because and, but, but maybe today there'll, there'll be a and it, it seems to be happening to me or when we have a beautiful state we can get so appreciative and grateful and yes I Finally, oh my God, November 26th, cracked it. Oh, gee, i waited long enough. And we get, yes, how we identify until that's me. And then, then when the changes happen, we, the support falls out from under us. But we can pause and recognize that this so-called me is being blessed. Continually nourished by each out-breath, each in-breath. Yet we're surrounded by an ocean of vitality and purity. Here on this sacred land, breathing in that vitality, relaxing, let it touch every cell in the body. And breathing out what the trees breathe in. What the trees breathe out this life-giving prana, the vitality, oxygen we breathe in. And that my thoughts are echoing in your heart and your presence and words from our meetings are echoing in mine. And all of these dancing conditions of you and me actually are continually arising and dissolving back into this ground. this wonderful, bright, true mind that the Buddha realized is our home territory. One of the great disciples of the Buddha, Anuruddha, who was foremost in the divine eye, he had this subtle vision. He could see everything. He was really mindful too. He did not bump into walls and trip over roots. Leave his hat somewhere like I do all the time. But one day he approached uh, the senior chief disciple Sariputra and said, Sariputra, my divine eye is unsurpassed. I can see the 10,000 worlds, the subtle realms. My energy is unflagging. My mindfulness is unshaken. My body's calm. The heart is concentrated. But I still suffer. Sarah Putra said, "Friend, that thought about your divine eye unsurpassed, that's connected with your conceit."
1: <laughs>
0: that thought about your energies unflagging, mindfulness is unshaken body's calm, heart is composed. That's connected with your restlessness. And the thought that you still suffer is connected with anxiety. (laughs) Don't, Don't attend to those. Don't worry. Turn your mind to the deathless. Turn your mind to that which is not coming and going. That which is already, always already here. So, this morning, to allow ourselves to widen our gaze, to Remember, even for a great disciple, we can always do more and keep trying to get it a little better. But the nature of conditions is they're like that dust that's dancing. It's always shifting, changing if we're going to wait around for the dust not to dance. For the conditions to be absolutely unshakably perfect, Never happens. So rather than just focusing on these forms, these worries, these doubts, we widen the gaze. Not just form, but all form is surrounded by vast space. Every sound. arising and dissolving back into unmoving living silence all of our experience which we can get so hooked to is happening within this field of awareness there is no form without space No sound without silence. No experience without awareness. So turning our heart to widen and notice that which remains allowing the Sounds to just do what they do, flicker, change, dissolving back into. Like the sound of this talk. Flowing, shifting, we honor that ever-changing ephemerality. Just allow the heart to notice that silence, ever-present silence that every sound dissolves back into. the Buddha compared our heart to a vast sky. Vast night sky. And sensations, impressions are like lightning flashes that resonate, come and go, merging back into that immeasurable, unmoving, Vastness of our being, of our heart. So as we breathe in and out, sitting here, each out-breath we're relinquishing, relaxing, letting be, giving back to nature what belongs to nature. This breath, this body, these impressions are all part of dharma, nature. Relaxing the eyes and the jaw. When the body is ready, it breathes in on its own and receiving that blessing, that gift from this ocean of vitality that we're surrounded by. Each out-breath is a a subtle softening, feeling the support of Mother Earth. And all the particularity, all the sounds, the thoughts, the moods, All the ripples keep dissolving back into this source. This presence. Like a mother with a child on a swing. The child is sitting in the swing, swinging forward, swinging back. The mother's behind the child and just receives the child, touching gently, letting go, and the child swings forward. Each outbreath is a trusting surrender as we rest into this ground, this mother this source, each in-breath, gently touching the impressions, the moods, whatever sensations, thoughts, each out-breath, letting go. Touching, letting go. Giving ourselves permission not to worry about fixing anything. We're turning the mind, turning the heart to the ground, to the source, to that spacious, ever present, sky like awareness. In and out. Making peace with the changes and the sensations are like lightning flashes in a night sky. The sky is undisturbed. Each flash is dissolved back into the immensity. Each sound is noticed effortlessly. We don't have to try. Appreciate how each sound appears and dissolves back into the spaciousness, the unmoving suchness of the heart. You don't have to fix anything. Go toward or back away. Everything is honored. Appreciating. Thankful for this gracious, mysterious, unifying heart. where every impression appears and merges back like those shimmering and lightning flashes in the night sky. If you use a phrase like, let go with each out-breath or any phrase that's useful, notice the inner sound, the inner voice, the appear and dissolve. Appreciate that silence after each phrase. rest in that letting go. And like the mother with the child gently receiving impressions and then gently releasing with each out breath. Nothing to be. (coughs) Nothing to do. Nothing to acquire. Just relaxing and letting go. Resting in that original brightness where all things merge. just as space is to form and silence is to sound so is awareness to all experience no form without space. No sound without silence. No experience without awareness. If there is distress or dukkha, struggle, those sounds too, those sensations too, are appearing, shifting, flickering, dissolving in the heart just like those lightning flashes in the vast night sky. Listening at ease to the sounds of the world. Merging with, abiding as that Kuan Yin, that mother of all conditions, resting in the listening. abiding in the open heart. Touching with each in-breath, letting go. Receiving that child. Gently releasing. After Anuruddha received Sariputra's instructions and made that slight adjustment, not a big adjustment, started noticing the context rather than so obsessed with the, the objects. He was uh, soon fully awakened. trying to make things perfect sometimes it's described as trying to polish a brick to make it into a mirror. You can put big time effort in but you can't make a mirror out of a brick. Trying to make changing conditions perfect is so exhausting and futile endless in moments of turning the heart to this ever-present, undying, deathless ground. Letting the conditions be just as they are, we taste peace. So we have some t- uh, time now in, in case there are any uh, questions that are arising uh, from your practice. Okay.
1: Because today is Thanksgiving Day. So this morning I um, did my meditation. I meditate all the, those who have loved me and accompanied me mm-hmm. in, uh, com- com- uh, I um, appreciate them, but there's also some memories rising up. Um, especially my parents. They also they love me, but they also be strict with me. They bring me so much pain. Mm-hmm. They they're perfect um, mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they are strict with strict with mm. me mm. and uh I, I, I'm really hurt about the mm. thought uh, from them. So there's love and also mm.
0: mm. walking.
1: Mm. Mm. And uh, how how I can how can I cope with uh mm. different yeah, beautiful. affections just in the heart?
0: Thank you. Question uh, was on this Thanksgiving uh, day, Haihua meditated on appreciating all that those who have supported us, comforted us, helped us. And it sounded like he enjoyed that, but that also uh, memories also of uh, his parents came, and it was a mixture because his uh, parents were very strict. But there was also a lot of pain associated. So the question is, well, how, how do we... Beautiful question, important one. First, that quality of contemplating gratitude is very important. When the Buddha was asked how to recognize a wise person, you might think psychic powers or flashing lights, the Buddha said, They're grateful. First that surprised me. Hmm. Then I thought, ah, in our moments of grateful gratitude, we are aware of what is supporting us, what's nourishing us. It dissolves the separative sense of self. We we, we realize that we wouldn't be here on one level if our parents didn't come together. We wouldn't have this body-mind, this life. And even though there are definitely... Painful things you've talked about. Also, we have our life. Just like when we're gra- grateful, we also realize it's not just me. We can't be independent. I need to breathe, water. In so many ways. So gratitude dissolves separative sense. It's so. It's a very important. Now the question about the the mixture. The logical mind, when the mind is, wants answers and, and is too beguiled, too, we're fooled by the grammar of language. So language wants to know, well, are they good? Are they, are they bad? Are they this? Are they that? And you're wrestling back and forth. This is where when one notices all oh, those are true, you're honoring all of those but when one widens to the silence that hears all those sounds, the gratitude, the pain, the hurt, the hope, the what should I do, the unitive consciousness, the awareness, all of those like waves keep surfacing and dissolving back into the one ground. The heart holds it all and doesn't have to pick this over that. And it's, it's important to honor the pain but also to honor you wouldn't have your life. And even in a weird way, it's taken me a long time, and I'm slow learner, but that's okay. Even some of the painful, really difficult things I remember back, I realized that they forced me or gave me the opportunity to develop strength, compassion, recognizing what I don't want to try to harm someone else, so one can turn it into something else. That's why it's a paradox that suffering is a noble truth. That's why the Buddha said rather than hating it, actually when we open to it, a mysterious alchemy happens. It, it turns into non-suffering as we deepen our capacity to be human and we start to understand what perpetuates it. Thank you. Question. Mm. Okay. I am noticing still some skeptical doubt arising in my practice, and um, I'm going to ask you a question that's similar to that wonderful question that you proposed last night from the person in the front row who came in and said, "Well, what about emptiness?" Yeah. And so my question is, what about form? Yeah. Exactly. What about form? Form is is, is wonderful, but when we really honor form, when we really bow down and say, Form, talk to me, it wells up and dissolves. That's its nature. For and when we say, Whoa, what about my body's not welling up and dissolving? Wait a minute. As one really receives the body, and actually, rather than just my body, it's too thin, it's too fat, it's too tall, it's too short, it's too this, it's too that. When I keep letting opinions and cultivate a intimate, direct connection with this form, I experience vibration. Cascading currents of stuff that is perfectly arising and ceasing into emptiness. So, Kuan Yin and the Buddha balance form and emptiness. At first, when we associate attaching to forms leads to suffering, so we start practicing letting it be, letting it go, and then we taste the heart. Oh, we think, oh God, thank, praise the Lord. Oh then we can associate suffering with all that form stuff. So we kind of sometimes just want to hang out and don't disturb my nibbana. Um, you're disturbing my nibbana. And so, you know, it's an important insight to get a feeling for the extraordinary, unshakable peacefulness of emptiness. But if we stop there, we've still split off life. We have an honored form. But that's why we, and in the coming days, we'll be working a lot more on if we on on welcoming form. If our piece is only getting rid of things, then it's a very fragile piece. So when we welcome form. If we want it to be solid, though, we create a lot of suffering because happiness shifts. It keeps dissolving. So then we practice letting go and welcoming, letting go. And then the form is empty and the empty is form. They're perfectly fused. But, you know, it takes time. That's why we've got to be patient. When we only know form, it's me, it's mine. That's where we have to, you know, practice noticing change and we start to get a feeling of form's dissolving and get a sense for this background of emptiness, of, of, of the heart, of awareness. But we, we keep going. So actually, one is not more important than the other. That's the magic of Kuan Yin. Form is not different from emptiness. Emptiness is not different from form. That's what we're aspiring to. Hence, the Buddha was at home, alone, with people, in conflict, not in conflict. It was... But, you know, we got to be patient with ourselves. So we need some special conditions at first, our silence and stuff to get a feeling. And then these retreats are wonderful, but then we do the advanced practice of going out into more activity. Does that even touch the area? Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Um. I'm curious. In your last quote from the Buddha, there were a lot of words, mm-hmm. but I think what I got from it was a sentence that seemed to say that mindfulness in the here and now is nirvana. Did I get that correctly? I mean, I I heard something similar from to But if I don't want to quote, I don't know exactly what I said, but I. Yeah. I <laughs> I, uh, but the the Buddha did regularly say that this deathless, undying dimension is always here now. It's not somewhere else. It is always inviting us. It is timeless. The sense of time happens within this unchanging. The sense of time of oh, it's it's Thanksgiving and. We've got to make a few announcements, and how are we doing? The sense of time happens within, through concepts and things, within this unmoving uh, presence. When the mind is caught up in imagining we're going to keep something and get rid of something, then we overlook this timeless dimension, and that generates birth and death. Because once we grab something, that's like a birth, and then as the good energy turns into exhaustion, we think, well, what happened? And so we feel like we've lost it. What I did say last night is when we really release from grasping our desire and release from aversion, that that is Nibbana. Because that, when we, it's not that we attain it when we're not so busy trying to get somewhere and get rid of something, we are abiding in what's called suchness, or the unshakable. Um, I'm, I'm very curious, what do you make of the fact that, and I know
1: I'm using the word fact, but there is such a yearning for of stability. I mean, do you think of it as biological? I mean, that though,
0: in my head, I'm very aware that the that change is the ever present, I mean, that it's constantly,
1: it, but we can't hold on to it. We can't we on to it. But such a for stability and some
0: safety and security yes I think it's natural and, and so we and you know we need it I mean like you know a child's growing up wants to hold mom's hand don't want you to be attached <laughs> <laughs> you know we it is useful to have supports and good friends and there are things that Buddha it talks about is useful to stay close to and but then Ironically, that yearning is really truly fulfilled when we discover, recover, reclaim what is truly secure, which is, it's mountain-like, unshakable, our own heart. And, and that's the poignancy of it all, that in, in trying to secure security, we're, we're, we're missing the precious jewel that's, that's right in front of us. You know, uh, that's when, when I first met Ajahn Chah, and he asked me, Well, what, what, what are you going to do? Well, I was going to get enlightened, and, and then what are you going to do? Oh, I'll go finish my thesis, and then what are you going to do? Well, phew, let's see, medical school, and then he went, <laughs> and uh, you know, I had enlightenment early in there. <laughs> and he held up this, this, this spittoon and just started running his finger round and round and round. You know, we think we're going to get there. We think we're going to get there. And The, the irony is that this, this longing, this home is here, and it's a hiposiko. It's inviting us from within. And, you know, when we have the blessed good fortune to encounter these wonderful wisdom teachings that remind us, hey, it's not far away. You know, and uh, yeah, I'll stop there. So, thank you. I do have to make uh, just a few announcements. To yeah, we have this uh, beautiful day, wonderful day, important day of Thanksgiving. And uh, the center here and all the staff are are making a wonderful meal for us. And so notice that their schedule's up. Uh, The the schedule's going to be altered just a little bit. At midday, uh, the midday sitting's going to be quite short, so at 10 minutes past, uh, they would like us all to be walking, you know, walking down the hill so that we'll and going into the dining hall and taking a seat, there'll be people to show us where to go. So that by 1220, we're we're in there so that we can have a little honoring and a little ceremony before this lovely Thanksgiving meal together. And in the early afternoon, acknowledging the, the meal. Uh, It's got uh, very euphemistically put, at 2.30, practice on your own. (laughs) In the monastery, that used to be uh, a euphemism for, (laughs) don't mess with my sleep time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But practice on your own, and you know, so there's opportunities. It's informal, but the the schedule after that will be as, as it is. Don't forget... Please, we're going to go through seeing people again today and tomorrow. So we'll see everybody again. So please check if you have a group. Please check if there's a note for you, you know, we, as we uh, check in with everyone. And uh, so there'll be the groups. There'll be chikung at uh, 4.15. And we'll carry on uh, with our day. Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: okay, so have a blessed, blessed day, everybody. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit DharmaSeed